Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Keith Smith's going to join the show at 4, Kevin Graham at 4.30, and uh, Bowler will be on with his top of the 5 o'clock hour. Excited to talk to Kevin. It's been a while. It was your idea to bring uh, the, the storm cloud on today. What a perfect day to have Kevin on. <laughs> Most negative person I know. You know, you know how I know how I can improve my day. Bring Kevin on the air. <laughs> it makes it sound like you're like dancing through the petunias to to breathe a little negativity into the atmosphere. That's exactly what we need right now. So, you can, so all our listeners, stay tuned because you don't want to miss out on that. At least Bowler. At least talking to Bowler puts me in a good mood. A bowler, I think, is going to be on the show a bunch on uh, on Friday as well because we're going to be hanging out with uh, DJ Bowler Jack at the store in Salt Lake. So I think Bowler's going to drop by a little bit. That's what I'm told anyway. I don't want to jinx anything. Kevin's one of my favorite people. It's just that uh, you get it, catch him on a bad day, and uh, which is every day. Pass. Uh, All right, let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, hearing from 10 to 2 every day here on the Zone Sports Network. Big part of our college football coverage, of course, Hans Olsen with us on the big show. Hello, Hans. Oh, hey, guys. (laughs) Thank you for doing that because I'm in such a bad mood. That at least least made me laugh. (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) Oh, man. Jake, I heard the the tease before the break, and you were like, Oh, well, I guess we're going to have Hans on afterwards. And oh, then, Gordon, no. then Gordon's like, well, we're going to have Kevin Graham. I'm so excited to hear from Kevin. You're like, well, I guess we'll get through Hans. Oh, uh, no, don't take it personal, buddy. I'm just bummed. I, I, you know what? This is a good place to start. I know you're bummed, too. I mean, I, I want to watch Pac-12 football this fall. I believe it's the right thing to do to have college football this fall. I believe yeah. it could have worked. And I'm frustrated that this is where we're at. So I, I guess that's a good place to start our interview. What are your overall thoughts? Yeah, I'm heartbroken, and I'm really upset. I'm I'm deeply upset, and I'm really confused. And I I know that this cough, this COVID process has left us all confused. But I, I literally just wrapped up. I I was looking at this um, these reports coming out from this Duke epidemiologist, and really the team from Duke that's leading the ACC research on if you can safely play college football. And uh, my guess is these are some very intelligent professionals, and the report was all based on what you can do and how you can do it to have college football. And that's why the ACC and these same officials are directing a lot of the SEC discovery. And I think that's why these guys are holding out saying, oh, our research is showing that we can. So, Jake, there's a lot of anger, a lot of confusion uh, and a lot of sadness because I put myself back in the shoes of those players that are getting that news today, and it's and it's heartbreaking. And so I want to ask you about that since you've had that experience of playing and you know probably better than anyone what those guys are feeling. But before I do, let me express my frustration as far as the way this has been handled from the beginning. 
It's been mishandled. It's been fumbled and bumbled with. And and I'm talking about at a national level. I'm talking about from a, a governmental level straight on through to the NCAA. This thing could have been handled much better than the way it was. And so it's frustrating to consider what the possibilities might have been. I understand it's a complicated process. It's not an easy problem to solve. I get that. But I don't think it's been handled properly, and it bothers me that that's that it's come to that. But now that we're at that state, I don't have a problem with the decisions being made by the Big Ten and the Pac-12 because it's been so screwed up from the beginning. And I'm not talking about just sports. I'm talking about governance as a whole. And I know we don't like to get too political here. But I think the way the NCAA and college football leaders have handled this is a poor reflection of the very same problem that's plagued us nationally. That's my thought. But let me ask you about the athletes involved. Hans, what what do you think is going through their minds right now? Do they understand what they're facing? And are they willing to take their own best interests at heart and postpone their careers for a year? Or are they just bumming and thinking about transferring and hoping to play football somewhere else? Yeah, it just depends on where you're at in your college football playing process. If you're a Redshirt freshman, you're probably sitting back thinking, all right, well, I'll just get bigger and better and try to be back for 2021. If you're a senior right now, you're looking at the possibility of the SEC and and maybe the Big 12 and ACC playing. And, and if I'm good enough, I'm jumping into the portal and I'm going to go try to play somewhere. And um, I, I think that there, there are some that this is the end of the line. That's it. You know, they were borderline NFL guys, but probably needed extra film to even get a camp. And they're guys that that's the thing that nobody sees. Everybody sees game day, but you don't see the complete off season and all the work that goes into it. There were probably guys coming out of the 2019 season that were told, hey, we need you to put on 22 pounds. We need you to gain uh, X amount of or we need you to get to this body fat. We need you to gain this amount of speed. And these guys have been working their butts off to gain the weight, get the speed so that they can, you know, grab the start. Now they're learning that that was all for naught. And and I I do know that they're talking about eligibility in spring football. I would put spring football at maybe 8% chance. And I would put universities allowing these seniors to return with eligibility. It might be high, but the university's choosing to follow through with that, probably low. And if they do it, <clears throat> that means there's going to be scholarship adjustments so others will lose their scholarships. Or that's – I don't know how they expand it. So that that's going to be a big topic. But, Gordon, it's, it's, it's all based off of where they're at in their college careers. But I can tell you, if this was my junior year, I, I would be beyond devastated. If this was coming into my senior year, I needed that senior film to – to become an NFL player and I needed to be an NFL player to be an on-air host <laughs> and I, I needed to be I, I needed all of these things to find financial stability so I'm I'm sickened by what some of these the reality some of these guys are starting to face today can I, 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 sorry, sorry G can I just butt in here for one second I'll follow up on something Hans said there you said you didn't know how they would 
expand the scholarships. They have to expand them, don't they? If if, if the schools are going to do what the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have been saying, that they're, no one's going to lose their scholarship over it, you can't. You can't just keep those scholarships in place but not include the next class coming in, can you? They're going to have to adjust that. Yeah, you you would think that they would, but I don't know how many universities can take on that cost or will take on that cost, and I don't know how many will take on that inflated roster. You know, the the thing that I proposed on Twitter, and I know this is harsh, but it's where college sports is getting to, and, you know, if, if players want to be treated like a business and make money like a business, then this is where we're headed. And that is a complete reevaluation of a roster. And one of my biggest issues with paying players is you've got about 15 or 20 guys out of 85 scholarships that will never really contribute to a team's winning success or, or losing. They'll, they'll just be a scout, a scout team participant. So throw them back on the field run an evaluation process, the seniors are sorry, the juniors and seniors that aren't going to be contributors, maybe they lose their scholarships, you hold them over for your 18 or 22 that are being introduced as freshmen and and bring your your seniors back. But I don't think you can inflate and, and grow. Most universities that that's just going to be overbearing um and, and very difficult to do. I'm not saying they can't, Gordon. I'm just saying I don't know if they'll choose to do that. Um, Hans Olsen with us. And Hans, I got to tell you, one thing that bugs me about this, and here's my personal bias I'll introduce into this question, and then uh, I think you'll see where I'm going, is I do not believe that football players specifically are safer from the coronavirus because of this decision. So let me ask you this question. How would your behavior be as a 21-year-old, 20-year-old Hans Olsen, if you had a football season to protect and play for and be tested regularly, as opposed to how would your behavior be if you didn't have a football season to worry about, weren't being tested uh, uh, regularly, and uh, um, didn't have that uh, team motivation to mm, think about when you were making decisions? 100% 100% polar opposites of each other. And I know I joke about this, and and I think I've, maybe I've joked about this with Scotty, just saying, hey, look, you're in college, and you're going you're gonna to be crazy regardless if there's a virus out there or not, regardless if you're a college football player or not. You're going to be crazy. But when I think back to my junior and senior year and what those minutes and those reps meant to me and what those seasons meant to me, just a, a simple scare of a season going away would have been enough for me to restrict myself as much as I possibly could and, and to wear a mask and to be as careful as I possibly could. Um, right now, every one of these NCAA athletes is watching Major League Baseball, and they're going through issues, and names are, are present. You know, th- this, um, this pitcher for the Cleveland Indians – he put his entire team in jeopardy and his name is out there and his identity is out there and he could wreck this team and he could possibly derail major league baseball <clears throat> as a, as a college athlete watching all of this, understanding what it all meant to me, <clears throat> how important the season was. And then having the coaches place the importance and the health physicians placing the importance on a daily basis, by the way, you guys, if you knew the protocol that these BYU players are going through every day to be out on the field practicing, I mean, it is daily protocol. 
And there is identification tags that they wear to show that they went through the protocol to be on the field. And they have to follow protocol off the field in order to be on the field. So, Jake, polar opposites. To your question, polar opposites. If you gave me an option, if you said, oh, nope, season's off, I'm acting completely different than if season was on. So let me just simplify it then. Do you think as a player you'd be at greater risk for contracting the coronavirus, uh, being with your team and playing a different, equally careful team for three and a half hours a week or the, what, eight to 12 hours you'd spend a week at Club Omni with people who weren't so careful? <laughs> oh, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure that the, the Omni would have about 98% transmission. Yeah. Yeah, like so too. It, it, you know, and when I when I danced at the Omni, we had this uh, we had this thing called. Uh, no, you know, I'm. <laughs> we did the Macarena. You I guess did. you could socially distance doing the Macarena. Or the boot scoot and boogie, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I I can tell that's a rhetorical question. Um, obviously, you're going to be much more in jeopardy. You know, when you're off the field and away from any type of structure. Although, Hans, you're thinking like the mature man that you are right now. When you, If you were transported back in time, I know you don't want to get in the way of your football, but you're still a 21-year-old knucklehead. Yeah, I am. And, you know, Gordon, you think back to it, and, and I know I talk about eating all the time, but I had eating restrictions <laughs> at the college level and, and certainly at the NFL level. You know, there were a certain amount of calories and there were certain needs for weight gain and weight loss. And and guess what? It pertained to my health and it pertained to my ability to play the game. So I followed it. Um, There there are all kinds of uh, requirements for lifting. And I didn't like to lift. I hated it. But I had to do it in order to be a good football player, in order to have my season and be a starter. And then the other thing I'll tell you, Gordon, when Lavelle looks at you and says, hey, we need you to do this, if you got say a coach that he, you respect... Say, say it the way he would. Okay, come on in here. No, I, I don't know. I can't, I can't hardly do Lavelle's voice anymore. I used to be able to do it. But yeah. Lavelle would pull us in and he would say, hey, we need everybody to... Now I'm starting... To, I, that's, I think that's more Gordon than it is Lavelle. But... <laughs> I think my Gordon and my Lavelle, I'm just realizing my Gordon and my Lavelle are about the same. Um, if, if, if Lavelle is looking at you and said, we really need you all to pay attention because our, our season relies on it, we would have done it, Gordon. So, Hans, what do you think is going to happen now that the Big Ten has jumped in with this, the Pac-12 and then, you know, the Mountain West and, and the MAC and others, but – What's going to happen? Are, are, is there a possibility that the SEC and the ACC really will play football and nobody else? Oh, very much a possibility. And BYU will play right along with them. I know for a fact that BYU is preparing and planning on their opening kickoff against Navy as we speak. They're in practice and they're in preparations. And their focus is Navy and it's ESPN and it is that opening kickoff. That is their focus, that is their plan, and that is what they are doing currently. Until Navy calls it off or until somebody tells them you can't do this any longer, they have the protocols in place that they feel have made their players safe, and they are continuing to prepare. And that is exactly what the ACC and SEC teams are doing. 
They're going to prepare for, for their kickoff. But if the SEC is going to play only SEC teams and the ACC is only going to play ACC teams, who is BYU going to play? I think the ACC did a plus one, didn't they? I think, um, and the AAC has the AAC has not announced their uh, they have not announced their seasons canceled. Where where you've got Houston on the list and now opening with Navy, and the ACC is probably going to need a couple of other opening partners. I saw UMass canceled out, but you yeah. could still go to some of these independents, <clears throat> Liberty being one of them. <clears throat> Gordon, there's still a chance of playing the same team twice. And I'm not saying BYU is going to get to 12, but I'm telling you if BYU can get to 8 or 10, they're going to get to 8 or 10 and try. And I don't think they shut it down until until everybody else is shut down and they have to. Hans, what do you think about this idea for you and me? I'm I'm with you. We can do it this fall. ACC pre and post game shows. Let's do it. Oh man, I'm so on board with this, man. Even if I got to be the Virginia Tech flagship, man, I, I don't it. even I don't even care. That'd be, we'll roll, that'd be, bro. Hans, that'd be intolerable. <laughs> oh, be amazing. Man. Let's do it. I, I just need it in my life. Me too. Buddy. Buddy. Me too. I, I I do think we're gonna have some college football. I, I think that it's it's going to be altered and different and look weird. and I, I don't know what happens with Ohio State and Nebraska. You know, they're talking about separating, and they've got leverage and power. Maybe they get out of Big Ten requirements, and maybe they are able to find some level of independence and move around for a, a, a single year. But I, I feel like we're going to see some. I just don't know what it's going to look like. Thanks, Hans. Uh, we'll be listening tomorrow. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thanks, guys. It's our friend Hans Olsen, uh, Scotty and Hans, 10 to 2 right here on the Zone Radio Network. Uh, we'll get to more coming up next. We've got Keith Smith, top of the 4 o'clock hour, Kevin Graham at 4.30, Bowler at 5, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation, no breathing. Don't give a f- give a c- This one goes out to our guy, Steven Surprise. Welcome on back. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thanks to Hans Olsen for jumping on with us in the last segment. Of course, the big topic of the day, the Pac-12 has canceled its fall sports through the end of the year. Uh, we will take a break to talk some basketball on the show today. Keith Smith is going to be on with us at 4, and Bowler will be with us at 5. Although I'd, I'd be curious to get Bowler's reaction as a former college athlete himself to uh, the news that we got today, Gordon. Yeah, I'm sure he has an opinion, a thought or two on it. I think everybody does out there, mm-hmm. but not that it matters anymore. Where were these? Where were all these opinions when they were not coming up with a plan? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when they were not doing anything, <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. I get frustrated with the conference leaders more so than I do Mark Emmer. I, I've said this from the beginning. I think a blanket policy across of all of uh, Division One was going to be a, a tall order, if, if for no other reasons than the difference in budgets. But I don't think that the the leadership at the conference level has done anybody any favors. Instead of somebody coming up with a plan, somebody started the trend of just canceling it. Do you agree with me that it's a reflection of uh, our national leadership overall? Um, I'm not saying it's directly tied, but uh, I see real similarities there. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can 100% come along because it's it's totally different issues. To be honest with you, I think uh, I think what college sports is trying to do is significantly easier than coming up with a, a nationwide coronavirus policy. 
Um, I mean, if you want to say that uh, they're similar in the fact that uh, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and a lot of voices that need to be listened to, I, could, I guess I could see some similarities there. But I, I think that college football should have been able to do something and pull something off. And they didn't. So I don't know. I, uh, I, don't, uh, I don't necessarily make 100% the correlation. I guess I can see where you're coming from. Do you have kind of a, an overall issue, like what should have been different, uh, comparatively speaking? Uh, no, I, I just, from a, from a, a federal level, I, I just think that, uh, uh, our, uh, our president sort of left that in the hands of the states and then the states had to sort of wrestle with it with their, I think if there had been stronger leadership at that level, it might've had a positive effect overall. And I don't think the NCAA leadership was really very good. Uh, nor was the conference leadership either, but it was sort of spread out, divvied up, and said, "Okay, you handle this." And I think if strong measures had been put in place from the beginning, some of which might have been less than popular, but it, it might have uh, edged us along toward a more capable position as we speak today. I know you think it's it's a good idea to power ahead, but I think some of the concerns might have been tamped down a little bit had stronger action been taken. And uh, I know that's easy to say from our position, you know, and it's a complicated problem. I get that. But I think it could have been handled better. Well, the NCAA is set up to be toothless on purpose because they these individual institutions and conferences want the say and they want the power and they want the the money and the the the, the all the responsibility that goes with it and then they fail to properly uh, exercise that responsibility I guess I mean if you look at it Gordon the, the NCAA basically has nothing to do with college football other than enforcement nothing yeah but it does have it does have some influence i think but i but get my point that they they they've set up the ncaa to not be a totalitarian regime they don't want it to be they don't want mark emmert to be making decisions across the board and and after all the ncaa is just a collection of these presidents that we're talking about with the pac-12 right except for many many more of them which makes yeah. it even more complex yeah, it's it's difficult. It's complex. I get that, but I I think somebody could have shown stronger leadership from the beginning, and I didn't sense that. I didn't find that. I didn't see that. I didn't read about that. I didn't either. But I think that could have come from the conferences more easily than the NCAA, and that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But if the SEC, just for example, or hey, we're talking about the Pac-12. If the Pac-12 in March was like, all right, we're going to get to work on this thing and we're going to pull it off. We're going to do conference only. Here's the standards we're going to adhere to. Here's the testing. Let's see if it passes the smell test with the public. All right, it doesn't. Well, let's make an alteration here, here, and here, and this is what we're going to do. Well, I think these conference commissioners who have been said to be meeting every so often throughout, uh, they could have unified the fight. And they could have standardized a lot of things that would have made me feel a lot better about playing college football in the fall. And yeah, but they, they didn't because they're scared of you, Gordon. <laughs> they are. They're scared of you. They're, they're scared of that if they, they showed some will and some initiative to do this, that they'd get shamed by everybody who says they're killing people. And the backlash would cause them to lose their jobs. Well, I, I think they could have 
taken stronger action, and uh, then people would have felt a little better. It would have been, uh, I think our country as a whole is really messed up, this uh, handling of COVID-19. And you can see that in the data, in the numbers relative to other countries, depending upon which numbers you trust and which numbers you don't trust. But I think that trickles down all the way through into sports. And that's just what we're stuck with now and what we're all having to deal with. I get frustrated because just because people happen to pay attention to college football, they're held to a different standard. Held to a different standard than what? I'm looking at a Twitter follow uh, that I follow right now. In fact, somebody used to work at the Salt Lake Tribune is sending out a picture of their uh, girls' soccer game. Mm. And uh, celebrating that fact? Oh, just kind of a proud mom kind of tweet. Not, not really having anything to do with today's discussion. But, and I personally believe that youth sports should be 100% going on. So I'm not disagreeing with this tweet, but just because nobody really pays attention to girls' soccer, then they, they're out of the scrutiny and people I'm, – I'm just saying college football is damaged because people pay attention to it. Jake, let me ask you – can I ask you a personal question? You can tell me to take a flying leap if, if you – whatever, whatever. Okay. But if someone you were close to was severely sickened by COVID-19, would you have a little different uh, thought on it? Well, I don't know. I have had uh, different uh, connections to the coronavirus uh, in in my personal life. No, nothing uh, necessarily in my immediate family. So I, I don't know if I'm 100 percent prepared to answer that question. I will say, though, that an- anecdotal evidence is not the strongest type I know, of evidence. I'm just asking about your attitude. Yeah. So I, I don't know. You've been you've been fairly consistent from the beginning. Because I remember when I first had, when we first became fully aware of the ramifications here in February and March, you were resistant back then. Uh huh. Yeah. I, I would hope that I'd feel the same, but I, I don't want to be disingenuous with our listeners and, and say I would behave one way in an experience when I haven't experienced that, because I, I don't think that that would be doing anybody any favors. So well, I, I don't know but, if I can 100 yeah, percent answer your question, but I have been consistent through this. And I do think that there are other factors in this world other than the coronavirus that deserve consideration. And I still feel that way. And well, what do you mean? Don't, don't you think they're getting consideration? No, I don't. Like what? Uh, well, I watched uh, our good friend Steve Tate take a horrible beating on Twitter the other day because he was advocating for the mental health of kids. For example, and you and you think the mental side of all of this is being totally ignored? A lot of it, yeah, I do. Hmm. And there's other things too. I mean, not I to think mention there's a lot of people out there who are fighting battles on a lot of fronts, including that one, and, and deserve consideration. They, they, yes, and they haven't and they haven't given up on that uh, through this whole thing. They're, those things are still being addressed, still being treated still being helped in every way possible. I mean, they haven't been abandoned. Well, I I mean, I I think there's hypocrisy on some occupations that we care about their safety and some we don't. You know, I I don't think uh, certain um, occupations needs are being considered if you want to broaden this uh, total. So, yeah. You mean like people who work in stores all day long and are faced with – with uh, meeting and greeting the public and trying to help the public uh, in in a store and 
and the rest of us are worried about going to the storm or in there for 20 minutes or 15 minutes or 10 minutes and other people are in there all day long. Correct. And other people along the supply chain. And uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on that I don't think get enough consideration. So, uh, you know, difficult questions warrant uh, discussion. That's for sure. We'll continue it on throughout the big show. Uh, Let's get out of the zone phone now. Joining us, our friend Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic. And speaking of health considerations, you know, Andrew, a lot of times people hide from ED because they're embarrassed or whatever, but it's very much uh, treatable and it's very much relevant. It, It is absolutely. I see guys every day that come in and you can tell that it's tough to even step foot in the clinic uh, to make the phone call, to step foot in the clinic, to talk with a doctor about this problem. It's, it is not easy. Um, And I respect guys for coming in. Generally what happens is they go through our treatments, the acoustic wave therapy, and they wonder why they resisted so much. Um, Having to take the pill for life, having to, go get a prescription for that, uh, you know, which requires a doctor, having to order supplements that probably don't really work, or heaven forbid the injections are all of those so much worse than a couple of treatments of acoustic wave therapy that are 10 minutes to get the normal intimacy back. As far as I know, our treatments are the only thing that address the root cause problem of ED. That's the blood vessels, whether they're damaged or blocked. And we're seeing guys get back to those, you know, those those moments like they were in their younger years. And uh, we all want to talk about science these days. There's some really interesting science out there backing it up, right? There is. I love it when somebody asks about the clinical studies. Is, is this proven? Have there been any clinicals done? Uh, extensively. Uh, the science page at WasatchMedicalClinic.com has some of those. Um, Even Cambridge University now out of the U.K. has come out, done a study. I think it was five or six hundred men. They had very good things to say about the effectiveness. They called it safe. They called it effective. They called it feasible. So at this point, we believe we can say clinically shown minimum. uh, The science is sound. Uh, This can restore normal function in the bedroom. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. Check it out for yourself, 801-901-8000, because you're taking all the risk out of this for our listeners. We are. If you're struggling with ED, you want to put a stop to this, call us now. The assessment, the exam, the consultation, even the blood flow ultrasound with a medical doctor is free. We're going to give you a little special gift that produces instant results in the bedroom as well. 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. That's 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic. We'll have more Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. All right, it's time for a new segment that we like to call Austin's List here on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Stay tuned. Our friend Keith Smith going to be joining us to talk NBA coming up next. But right now, Austin, who's going on the list today? Amazon scammers, or scammers of any kind, actually, but mostly it's happening on Amazon. Jake, you use Amazon? Uh, I do occasionally. Uh, more uh, the wife does, but yeah. I heard from a real good source you have Amazon Prime, in fact. We do. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Gordon, I assume you also utilize Amazon Prime at your house? Yes. Well, uh, everyone does, really. Have you heard of brushing? Have you heard of this scam? Not your teeth. No, not your teeth, not your hair, not <laughs> okay. the tor- horse's mane. No. Brushing scams. You, you may have seen the, the headlines about mysterious seeds 
showing oh, up in yeah. the mail. Yeah, yeah, I saw a news story about that the other day. It's very similar to that, where these companies are sending product out to people who have not ordered the product uh-huh. in hopes of then stealing said person's identity to f- post a fake positive review on their product's line. So how do they do that? Here's how it happens. You, if you ever look at a review on Amazon, want to use Amazon as an example, okay. you're, you're deciding between two different garden hoses, uh-huh. and you're looking at the reviews, which got the better reviews, and you go with that one. By looking at the reviews, that company sets up a, a macro or, or a account somehow that tracks who is looking at views of their products, uh, reviews, I should say, and then sends other product to that person or sells that person's info to other companies who then sell them unsolicited, unasked for, unordered items. They send them to them in the mail. They get that uh, that item, and uh, and you call Amazon. You're like, I didn't order this. And Amazon says, well, you can keep it, you can donate it, or you can throw it away, but you cannot send it back. Hmm. And how that what that does is they now have your identity to go on their own website or on their own Amazon product line and leave a positive review in your name. Yeah, but how can they do that if it's not uh, if, if that's not your opinion? They, I, I just told you, it's a scam. Yeah, it has well, nothing yeah. to do with your opinion. Well, how can they do it? They go like this. They, 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 they just says do Gordon it. Munson. They just use your name, huh? Yes, exactly. So, uh, first of all, there's a lot of good things about Amazon, but this is exactly why I cover up my webcam on my laptops. This is exactly why my Google Home is unplugged. This is exactly why I don't talk about my personal opinion of any world or or country leader in front of my... Uh, no, actually, I do that all the time. But they're always watching. They're always listening. You, by having anything out there in the world, you are owned by some company somewhere, and I'm sick and tired of it, and it'll, nothing will it's, change. It's true, I, I Austin. Say- Austin, you have really harsh opinions about Emmanuel Macron. <laughs> no, and, don't get uh, me started you know. on whoever that is. <laughs> Justin think- Trudeau is not welcome at the Austin Horton Thanksgiving oh, yeah, that, table. That Canuck. <laughs> All yeah. of our favorite Canadians are from Canada. The other day I had a conversation with my wife about something and she got something delivered to her. Not, not, uh, not you know, delivered at our home, but uh, she had something on one of her devices that uh, had something to do with uh, what we were discussing. Jake, yeah. I know, I know you hate that, man. I know that really. I value you. my privacy. Yes, so I don't. I don't have a Google Home for that reason. Although it's my probably wife put just, one in our bedroom, and I'm a little worried about that. Should I would I be. That that, that's like that's having another person in there. Well, yeah, right. No. Watch yourself there, Gordo. <laughs> Speaking of how to help in the bedroom. Uh, let's get out of the zone phone. Good, good Whoa. transition there, Austin. Well done. How about yeah, that? I didn't want a, I didn't want a third individual in my bedroom. Joel, joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic, Andrew Reinhardt uh, with us to help with uh, love lives of all sorts. Hey, Andrew. <laughs> and all numbers that's, is that? yeah. that's true. That's true. I'll tell you what, you do not want ED if you're going down that road. No, that is sure. <laughs> no you don't. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, we you know we see all kinds. Erectile dysfunction is a topic that plagues so many men and so many relationships. And I'll tell you, uh, we have clinics now here in Utah and in other states. And the message or, or the feedback we get is always the same. Uh, guys, I'm sick of the pills. I want it to work like it used to. 
Uh, I want the spontaneity back into the relationship. And as far as I know, this is the only treatment for erectile dysfunction, the acoustic wave therapy that is, that addresses the root cause of the problem. It fixes damaged blood vessels. Everybody from Cambridge to the American Urological Association has now written about it and said uh, things like effective, safe, feasible, and my favorite part, no side effects reported. Imagine that. No side effects reported. We can finally get the spontaneity back into the bedroom. And I know we say this a lot, but the, the no side effects is because you're actually taking care of the problem. You're not treating the side effect of the problem. That's right. We're not masking symptoms. Uh, it's not a Band-Aid. It's treating the root cause of the problem. And it's not any kind of hormone. It's not an injection. It's non-invasive. The typical guy will do a few short treatments over two to three weeks. And that generally is all that's needed. Uh, if there was a time where they maybe need, needed more, we do them at no charge. We take care of everybody to make sure that they get you know, that normal function back. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000. And uh, our listeners can get in there with no risk, really, and find out if it will be a good treatment for them. Yes, no risk, no cost. If you want to put a stop to your ED, call us the assessment, the ultrasound with the doctor. Uh, your chance to figure out why you have erectile dysfunction can probably be answered. Plus, a little special gift that you'll really love produces instant results in the bedroom, and that is free as well. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, guys. Our friend Keith Smith joins us coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.